So the first time I went to the dog park, there was this lesbian there. And I think I told you this. She is from Miami also. She went to my rival high school at the same time that I did. And then I went to Florida State. She went to another college in Tallahassee. And then we both ended up moving here. And I was like, that's wild. Does it ever freak you out when people have like the same life that you do? And you're like, I feel a sudden urge to kill the imposter, you know? (laughs) It's the same, but like one step to the left. Yeah. Yeah. It's so fucked up. Yeah. It's so weird. But she told me that there was a WhatsApp group from the dog park that I go to. And I am in, it took a month, but I am in the dog park WhatsApp group. That is correct. So far, it's literally just like, I'm bringing this person, I'm bringing this person. Hey, anybody there? But one time somebody was like, please be sure to pick up your poop. There was a lot of poop on the ground today. And I was like, well, that's drama. That's dog park drama right there. That is. And one time somebody, one of her like big dogs got like a tussle with another one and she got like, like bit a little bit and the dog was like limping and she was walking out right as somebody else came back and the other person was like, oh yeah, I had to leave earlier because I was about to murder somebody because their dog was like being really terrible. But it's like, what do you say? Like, get the fuck out of the dog park? Or like, you know, what do you do? Do you start Does a Does somebody in the dog get park? banned from the dog park in the dog yeah. park WhatsApp group? I don't know. And so technically they're supposed to be like spayed or neutered to go there because otherwise they can be like, you know, aggressive or whatever. But there's a couple of dogs that come. There was one dog that comes that's not um, neutered and other dogs get aggressive towards him. And his owner's like, I don't know. It's so weird. Some dogs just react to him like that. And I wanted to be like, because your dog still has fucking balls. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Anyway, I am now somebody who um, talks about the dog parks. There's this one old lady that I met that also has small dogs. So we've like bonded and we were talking about like what um, I said, what genre of dog. Louis is. What species of dog Louis is? He's a crossover dog. He's like, he's a horror (laughs) girly, but also an action adventure girly. He's kind of an extended universe dog, just all the flavors. No, he, um, we were like literally at the dog park, me and this old lady, like looking at pictures of different mixes (laughs) on my phone. And every time she sees me, she's like, Did you send the DNA test in yet? And she was there today. And Sharon was with me, and Sharon, like, never goes to the dog park. And I was like, this is my friend. And Sharon was just like, what? And the woman was like, did you send the DNA test in? Like, she had all these, like, specific questions about Louie. And Sharon <laughs> is like, you're one of the most antisocial people I know. Like, how do you have so many friends at the dog park? <laughs> like, I went with Mel, and I was like, I like it because I don't have to talk to people. And then I, like, walked away from them for, like, half an hour. For, like, half an hour to talk to other people about my dogs. And I came back, and Mel was like, I thought you said you come here so you don't have to talk to people. And I was like, yeah, I do. But it's just, no, I have a bunch of friends. Anyway. So true. Yeah, so Louis thriving. Everyone loves Louis. Every time they see him, they're like, Louis! I love him. He's so popular. He is. I like to joke that he's like the twink at the bar and all of the different <laughs> types of gays fight over him. That's like his energy he gives off. Okay. I wish Louis had a theme song, but he doesn't. But you know what does? <laughs> this podcast. Sometimes we're like really good podcast hosts. And then sometimes it's like, here's the theme song. <laughs> I 
Hello, podcast listeners. Welcome to Criminal Minds. Nope. Hey, podcast listeners. Welcome to Wheels Up, a Criminal Minds podcast. I'm James. And I'm B. And this week, we are listening to, or we are watching, season three, episode eight, Lucky. I think an underrated fucked up episode. See, I was going to say overrated. I think it's an overrated episode in general. I think it's underrated in the way in which it is fucked up. Also, yeah. just like implies the existence of God and also the devil. And it's yeah. just like so casual about it. I feel like the way, here's the thing. They get away with like implying the existence of God and also the devil by uh, sort of like, I feel like that's almost overshadowed by the fact that like, Everybody eats human meat and they never talk <laughs> about it. And then like so much happens in the last 10 minutes of this episode that you're yeah. like, what the fuck is going on? I think within the wormhole of doubt, 100% God exists. God exists. Cause it yeah. comes back in demonology. Exactly. Like it comes back like again and again. That's like, Hey, is God real? Like, <laughs> and I don't know why my propaganda show insists on telling me that God is 100% real. But it's not even necessarily in a religious way. It's in like a, a horror movie way. You know? Yeah, it's, it's like, in like, God is real, but that also means the devil's real too. Like, I, I enjoy it because it's not even necessarily that like the Christian God is real. It's like, hey, by the way, there's also like some sort of magic or like higher power or something that also exists in this universe. Like God might not be real, but there's certainly somebody like yeah. somebody certainly is like there's what? someone doing something. And I love it. I love it. The number of times like there's a serial killer doing fucked up shit and then it's like. But was it really them? But if it wasn't them, who was it? And everyone looks around and it's like, oh, that was a devil one. That was a devil crime. That okay, one was cool, the cool. devil. That, that one, one was... was. That was the devil. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you should start a list. Start a list on our chart of like crimes committed by the devil. Like, <laughs> hold on. Let me insert one column. Um, was it the devil? <laughs> <laughs> This one is certainly, yeah, this one was kind of the devil, actually. I'm going to say this one was the devil. This one was certainly at least aided and abetted by the devil. Absolutely. And that's so fucked up. I can't believe this. I know. When I was back home for Christmas, I pitched my mom on watching Warrior Nun. And I was like, I pitched it as like sci-fi but sort of like flavored with Catholicism. And she was like, okay, yeah. And she watched it and she loved sure. it because it's a good show. And I think the branding is important for that show. Is this sort of like crime flavored by Catholicism? Is this like crime show, but also with like a sprinkling of actual Catholicism? Like, I think it's a crime show with a sprinkling of paranormal. Paranormal. Okay. Because it's like sometimes it's like ghosty shit, you know? Yeah. And yeah, sometimes uh -huh. it's like, is it angels? And sometimes it's like, was that the devil? True Night is another one that I'm like, is this the devil? Like, Right. It's 
it's definitely, I would say it is Catholic informed paranormal, but I wouldn't call it like, you know, a religious Catholicism. You know what I mean? It's like, it's what I like, which is all the spookiness of Catholicism and none of the actual religion of it all, you know? Yeah, it's just so, it doesn't care about religion. It cares about the fact that God might be actually real. And also yeah. that means the devil is also real. Like, it's just I so. Think, I think Criminal Minds is a crime show. It, Criminal Minds is a paranormal show disguised as a crime procedural. Okay. 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 And it comes up because it comes up a few times. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when Reed's having his headaches is like an entire voodoo episode where like voodoo's kind of real, but like voodoo's real though. But also like is Reed infected by the devil? Yes. Yeah, like literally like I the think the answer is yes, actually. <laughs> I think it's like a crossover of crime and horror, but not in like the sleepy hollow way. Like, here's the thing. There's yeah. there's Criminal Minds, the mainstream crime procedural that you throw in with, like, SVU and CSI and NCIS. You just, like, put it in that group. And then there's Criminal Minds where you accept that there's, like, gay people and, like, also the devil. And also we're in a wormhole and there's no president. Like... If you accept just everything, if you're just like, all of this is true, you get a great fun show. If you just like watch it surface level, it's like fine. You but know? if you dig into it and you accept the fact that the devil is real, it's like a little... It's kind of good. It's kind of good. I just... This episode is fucked up because it's like, hey, this is an episode about a cannibal, but also he's the bestie of the devil and also the devil is real but also don't worry gang jesus is also real like god is also real okay <laughs> like what <laughs> i cannot wait until we get to demonology demonology is another episode that makes me lose my mind like is the devil real yeah like you have I this guess. whole episode that's like okay this is how emily lost her religion this is how people use religion poorly and you think it's just like about trauma and then Emily walks by a church and her nose starts <laughs> bleeding. And she like looks up at this like cathedral with like blood on her face and her fingers. And it's like, sorry, is Criminal Minds telling me that God exists in its universe? It's so strange. <laughs> so wild. Uh, okay. So let's talk about, there are two horrible men in this episode and it's the killer and jealous Derek Morgan <laughs> I wouldn't even I just what goes on in this episode James I just I feel like ugh, what goes on here okay we are at the Hazelwood compound for the criminally insane in Florida and we learned that there is this guy Floyd Phelan Farrell he's 17 and he's a cannibal but he's not just a cannibal. There's like some crazy fucking shit going on with him. We don't learn what yet, but like the doctor says like, we cannot release this kid. You know, but once he turns 18, he's out of the hands of the state, out of the institution. And the doctor is like, we need to do everything in our power to keep this guy from going out. He's going to stop taking his meds. He's going to start doing this again. Like, 
know, but they have to release him. And then we see him like in his room and there's like a desk and he's got his books all lined up and they're like Satan books. And it's like this, this tiny, creepy little box. And the officer who opens the door is like, you should rename yourself Lucky. Which is is like, this okay. the quickest we've gotten to an episode title within the episode? Has it's to gotta be. be close, right? Has to be. There's no, like, first three minutes. It's gotta it's be It's so there. quick. It's so fast. You should rename yourself Lucky. Okay. And then it's funny that you talked about the scary painting in about face and you were like is this satan eating his or saturn eating his children and then it's literally a literally it's goya saturn eating his children it's literally one of his black era paintings right here like okay this is what i'm talking about they like to sneak in these random little shit like that painting it's like okay then we cut to bright and sunny quantico virginia it's december but no one's dressed like it Penelope brings her own mug into the coffee shop, hands it over. They know her by name, etc. There's a man behind her. Okay, she calls him smoking hot. He is attractive, but like in in like that plain white guy way. Like he looks like he could work in IT. Yeah, he's just like a guy. Like he's attractive, sure. He's, he's not ugly, dude. but he's just like a guy. He's like. Three hours of hard work and it froze on me. And she's like, you didn't save? And he just looks at her and she's like, right, who has time to save with the kids and the rock music? <laughs> Which was funny. Who doesn't fucking save word? Three it hours. It auto-saves, Three for fuck's hours. sake. Three I mean, we hours? Know- oh, wait. How much are we spoiling for the next episode in this? Are we acting like we don't know what happens? I think we gotta act like we don't know what happens. Okay. Then yes, he's a dumb idiot and he should have saved. Yeah, he's fucking stupid. He's an idiot. Okay. It's his screen is like dark with some sort of pop-up. First off, Penelope sits down and is like, oh, it's Windows. Ew. Which is like so true queen. And then she just is like, let's try this. Click, click, click. And his computer just like pops back up. And I don't think that is how that works. That feels too simple. She didn't like control alt delete. She just was like beep beep beep. Everything's fine and your data's safe. It was like uh, I, I don't, I'm I don't not know. sure that's how that works, especially <laughs> with Windows. Right. There and should be some laptop. aggravated clicking in here. Come on. Right. Should not to plug anything in. Anyway, she fixed it. His name is James Colby Baylor, but everyone calls him Colby. He gives her his card and he's like, "Let's get lunch sometime." And she's like, "Yeah, okay, sure." And she writes her number, and gives it back. Great. She walks in. I do like this. She walks in and he's like, morning, baby girl. And she goes, hi. And he's immediately like, freeze. And he like gives her the little like, come here finger points. And he's like, every morning I say, um, oh God, or something really cute too. Every morning I say good morning. And then every morning you say like, I'll show you a good morning or something like right. that. Right. I'll show you what's and so good about cute. it. They're besties. No, it's they're very cute. cute. They're so good. Every morning. And he was like, but not this morning. So what's up? And she's like, I met a guy smoking hot. I fixed his computer. He gave me his number. And Derek is immediately clearly jealous. But he goes, okay, it happens. And she's like, no, it doesn't. Not to me. I'm not one of those girls people look at and ask out. Like, I do fine. But like, this meet cutes don't happen to me. 
And then he's like, well, you know, I guess trust your gut then. I don't think Derek is inherently wrong in this comment where he's like, if something feels off about it, then like, don't do it. Then like, don't go out. Yeah. Derek is not wrong here. No. Derek is for sure not wrong here. He's wrong later, but like Derek for sure is not wrong here. Because like sometimes people just have a vibe and you're like, oh no. Right. And something about it always like strikes you as weird. And it's like, sometimes you got to just trust your gut. Yeah, because that's the thing is Penelope is like, this doesn't happen to me. This was super random. It's like really nice, but like, I don't know, it's weird. And Derek is like, okay, then don't go out with him. Like if you feel weird about it, but she's still kind of like, I don't know. And then JJ comes by and goes, we got a bad one. How bad? Florida, which makes me laugh. And they're right. Their Florida cases are always seven types of fucked up. Of course they are. Every time she says that, I laugh. Okay. A 19-year-old was taken in Bridgewater, Florida, off of I-75, which is also known as Alligator Alley. For those of you who care, I-75 goes east to west. Great. Kind of through the Everglades, this area. And this girl has been eaten. Like, her legs are gone. Her legs have been eaten. And Emily's like, I no longer feel bad about my alligator wallet. Which, like, of course, this bitch has a fucking alligator wallet. Like, Of of course. Yeah. So then the locals think it's a satanic cult because there's a pentagram carved into her. And Rossi's like, oh, some things never change. And she's like, oh, you know, satanic cults are debunked. Like, there's no satanic cult. And Rossi just, like, looks at her. And she's like, what? And Reed is like, Rossi debunked that theory. And Emily <laughs> goes, all right. Thanks. And then so soo- comedy queen. Comedy as soon queen. as he looks away, she cringes so hard at herself. She's like, right, right. Thanks. Oh, God. Like, it's so funny. So then it's like, okay, there's no satanic cults, but yes, satanic killers. And then Rossi, I like this. Rossi quotes um, Dante's Inferno. It's the words written above the entrance to hell. He says it in Italian. And Emily's like, mm, yeah, okay, sure. And then Reed is the one who actually translated it. Emily was like, I'll keep that to myself. <laughs> Emily's just like, yeah, weird, okay. Also, weird thing for Rossi to say. Well, I mean, it makes sense, right? Because you just, Dante's Inferno, you descend into hell to meet, you meet Satan at the bottom. Yeah, but like... I don't know. It just seemed like a weird... It's random. It's very random. Yeah. So then we're on the plane. And Reed says there are two types of Satanists. There's the teen Satanist who is doing crimes and shit and like becomes a Satanist just to rebel. And then you have the adapted Satanist. The adaptive Satanist who is a normal killer who becomes a Satanist to like excuse his killings. And then reads like, be careful, like whether or not you're religious, you know, satanic cults and stuff like affects us all, which was a really interesting comment, I think. Like, if you're not religious, then like, it, it doesn't, doesn't affect you. Yeah, like, it's it's so weird that, I don't know, it's just so weird. It's like, I'm thrown off by the fact that I'm still going to go back to this, is that God canonically exists and the devil also canonically exists. And like, that doesn't affect you if you don't believe in him. Like, I really, it's just, it's so weird to me. I think Hotch is, it's the show's way of saying, it doesn't matter if you believe in Satan, Satan exists. 
and he's gonna. And it's such a weird thing to say on a cop show. Yeah, and then JJ, God bless, goes. I get it. I saw The Exorcist. (laughs) So true, Queen. Take (laughs) us back to reality. Thank you. And Rossi gives her the hardest side eye in that moment. Like he literally, like just like glares at her. And I was like, (laughs) you just can't take that she's like chill as shit. She is the only person in the show who has absolutely no connection to religion one way or another. Everybody else either is religious or was religious. So true agnostic queen. She literally just like nothing, not even agnostic. She has nothing to do with her. (laughs) She never quotes the Bible. She never has any issues with it. It never comes up. She's just like, that's none of my business. (laughs) Okay. Derek says he doesn't believe in all that devil shit. And Reed, out of nowhere, is like, well, maybe that's because you don't believe in God. And Derek is like, excuse me? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? And Reed's like, well, if you believe in one, you kind of have to believe in the other, which isn't necessarily true in all sects of religion, but whatever. And then Hotch is like, anyway, so once we land. (laughs) So true. It's so strange. It's these moments, these moments are really interesting to me because there are some times in the show where the team is so close knit that they can like talk about anything and be vulnerable and be there for each other, but we're not there yet. And so moments like this happen and I'm like, you know, in two years, this would have been a conversation starter, not you getting mad. They might be there as a team. We are not there. I didn't know anything about Derek's religion until this episode. And it felt kind of like out of left field for Spencer to be like, oh, it's because you don't believe in God, right? Like, (laughs) I guess so. I know you were raised Catholic, but you don't believe in God, right? That makes sense. It feels like they're trying to like fill in some of the gaps of the knowledge that we have of the characters. But it's also strange to me that they're doing it. It it felt very ham-fisted. Right. Like, I would almost give Emily the, like, oh, I didn't know that about you questions, you know? Yeah. Or Rossi, that's, uh, you know, he's right there. I guess they didn't want that particular tension. Okay, we get to the Bridgewater Medical Examiner's office. Okay, this medical examiner has some kind of accent, and I can't place it. I didn't really notice it, honestly. It does. Maybe it's a maybe it's Midwestern. Maybe it's just that Midwestern, that flat Midwestern affect. Yeah, but it's not... Any Florida accent I've heard before. Anyway, they say that her body was found at a gas station. And the cop is, like, smoking a cigar in every scene. (laughs) And he's just, like, in the background, like, this shit's fucked up, isn't it? And, like... (laughs) like, (laughs) I love it. He's so funny. Yeah, and so the Emmy says, you know, she doesn't have a lower body, so there's no way of knowing whether or not she was sexually assaulted. But she was killed. (laughs) Yeah, she was killed by throat cut. And the pentagram was done afterwards, and we don't know when her fingers were cut, but she was fed 10 fingers before she died. And the medical examiner theorizes that she was fed her own fingers. Right, which makes the most sense. Which is the most logical thing to think at the moment in time. It doesn't make sense, but like, you know. Yeah, exactly. If you had to be in this situation, that's what you would think. Okay, JJ... Derek and Rossi go to the church where the where her parents are, the dead woman's parents are. 
Yeah, her parents are making arrangements at the at the church, which is so yeah. heartbreaking. I feel like I we know. never see this part of the process, but like, oh, yikes. I know. We only see it with JJ and much more later. So Derek is like, hey, Rossi, can you talk to the priest? I don't want to. Yeah. And then they get inside and JJ is like, I'm Agent Giroux. This is Rossi, Morgan, et cetera. And then Rossi's like, Derek has some questions to ask you. And Derek's like, fucking excuse me, what are you talking about? Rossi's such a dick for this one, actually. I think it's good that Derek reads him for filth later. <laughs> well, I think it's like really interesting to me. This is definitely that old school, like, boomer mentality of like, the real world isn't nice. So you gotta learn how to fuck it up. And like, blah, yeah. blah, blah. It's like, but if you're nice to me, then the world is nice. Right? That's how it is. Yeah. You know. The world is not bad and scary and awful to you all the time. Sometimes, yeah. like, if I asked my coworker, hey, can you talk to this person so I don't have to? My coworker will. Like, you yeah. know, like, it's it's a dick move on Rossi's part, for real. Absolutely. So, Derek has to talk to the priest. He's so uncomfortable. And the priest immediately clocks him. Like, you haven't been to church in a while. And here's my small gripe. Derek was in a church recently because he went to the church to arrest that kid from sex, birth, and death. Oh, yeah, but I thought he meant it more as like a... For like a service. Yeah, that's how I read it. It's like, not yeah. like physical proximity to church. I don't think priests know when you haven't been in the physical proximity of church for a while. I think they just sort of... <laughs> I don't think it's a... I don't it's a, think it's a timer that resets whenever you step foot inside of a church. That's what I'm saying. That's hilarious. That's very funny, though. And Derek basically asks him like, has anyone threatened harm? Has anyone stopped going? Has anyone done all this stuff? And the guy's like, no, I haven't noticed. And he asks, have any kids been asking questions about Satan? And the priest is like, that I would remember. No. So Rossi and JJ are talking to her parents. And they're obviously very sad. They can't have an open casket because of how mutilated the girl is. Yikes. So they have to pick a picture to like, you know, put up on an easel the way they do. Yeah. And the mother says that, you know... She was out at a church retreat when this happened. So she was like really religious. And then Rossi asks for the girl's birthday and they give it. And he's like, oh my God, a Leo. Was she feisty? <laughs> nice. Of course she was. Like. <laughs> Rossi astrology bitch. Rossi is an astrology bitch. Confirmed. Rossi is an astrology bitch. Astrology bitch Rossi, which is so funny to me. Imagine being the oldest man alive. And loving <laughs> astrology. <laughs> Imagine being the oldest man on this team and being the only one who knows what a fucking Taurus is. We need to put a pin in this. Oh my god. We need to put a pin in it? Yeah. For when? Yeah, I'll let you know. Then we get a really sad moment where the mother says she's she is studying to be a nurse. And the father says was she was studying to be a nurse and the mom goes off crying and jj goes after her and like yeah 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 the husband says that he had to identify the body and they only put the street down enough to see her face they wouldn't show her the rest and the sheriff said i didn't need to see it and the emmy said i didn't need to see it and i get that but you know you're an fbi agent if you tell me i don't need to see it then i will stop thinking about it and Rossi points at the picture of her walking for the first time and says, this is how you should remember her. 
And that's how the dad knows that it was like actually very terrible. Like the thing about being left for the alligators is hard. The thing about the fact that now we know that her legs were not eaten, but were like cut off or very disfigured. Well, I was actually just thinking, you know, when they show her lower body, they say it was because of the alligators. But we know that he took her legs to eat. I think he probably took most of the legs and then the alligators just sort of did Chunk the rest. The like, yeah. did a little bit of work, exactly. Yeah. It's not good either way, of course, but... Because she wasn't out there for very long before she was found, right? No, I don't think so. So I don't think the alligators could have had the time to eat full legs, legs. and everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ugh. So... They leave the church and we see people coming to the church with food being like, you know, we want to do something, but we don't know what. So we made food kind of showing us how close knit the area is. Yeah. And then Rossi and Derek have like a glare off. JJ, not involved. JJ went, you know what? None of my business. And She's got like, the car. boys can fight and that's fine. The boys yeah. are having their little fighting right now. Absolutely. So then, um, hold on. No evidence of teens. No evidence of teens like getting into Satanism, basically, is what right. Derek gathered from the priest. Right, right. Yeah, there's no, we don't think any Satanism stuff is happening in the area. And then Emily says- <laughs> No evidence of teens. They don't exist <laughs> in this town. Like, they send them away teens? when they turn 11, and then they get them back when they're 20. <laughs> no <laughs> teens. Absolutely. That's hilarious. No. Emily says, you know, it has to be sadistic. You know, they cut the fingers off. And Rossi's like, that's the only sign of sadism. There's no torturing. There's no sexual assault. Just the fingers, you know. And Emily's like, that's a good point. The fingers must mean something. Okay. None of the fingers in her stomach were hers. And Oof. there were six index fingers, which means at least three people. Yeah. So then Yikes. I know, I know. Not that, like, it's not already terrible, but, like, imagine being fed somebody else's fingers. Yeah. If they're recognizable as fingers, he's just, like, shoving other people's fingers, like, yeah. down her throat. Yeah. Terrible. So, we see a girl in a state park. She ha is going hiking. She goes into a bathroom, and when she closes the door, she I love this shot, okay? She closes the door, and she sees an upside-down pentagram, and then it goes from her feet to the stall next door and we see two men's feet come down. I love it. Such a good shot. Like he was literally just waiting there for someone. Yeah. It's Ugh. just so. It's yeah. So, yeah. And then we cut to Colby calling Penelope being like, hey, let's go on a date. And I said, did she give him her work number? And then I realized she probably like routes all of her cell phone calls to her work. To phone. her work when she's there. Yeah. Because the BAU would also could just call her cell phone, you know? Yeah. Okay. He asks her out and she fakes being sick and then like throws out the card. She like thinks about Derek and is like, I can't do it. And then she calls Derek and she's like, okay, don't laugh at this. Laugh at the next part. She calls Derek. And all ten fingers are from different people. Which is ten different people. Ten different women are already dead. Eleven including the woman whose stomach they were oh. found in. 
Yeah. Yeah. And all of the women were sex workers at truck stops. And they had all been reported missing for like a while. Yeah. Yeah. So then Penelope tells Derek about the guy and how she... Okay, now we can laugh at Derek. Now we can laugh at Derek. (laughs) Yeah. Penelope tells Derek about the guy and how she threw the card away. And Derek is like, yeah, good. Something had to be wrong with him. Which is... Derek! Yeah. Why did you not just say a classic, yeah, trust your gut? Trust your gut. Like, like it felt weird to you, so you didn't do it. Perfect. This makes me so mad because it feels like such a setup for Garcia and Derek to get together. You know, he's mean to her. She gets hurt. He helps her heal and admits he was just jealous. And then they could like slow burn what to do with that information. You know, like it could have been something. It could have been something so many times, dude. I I genuinely feel like they are the most realistic couple on the show. Besides like JJ and Will, obviously. But like they uh like best friends who kiss for real soulmates and they just like didn't because why? Because she's like fat, I guess. Ish. Yeah, I guess. She's, she's too nerdy. She yeah, I don't know. I just don't like why, Kevin Wines? Why didn't this happen? I don't like it at all. She hangs up on him. She's like, actually, you know what? Fuck you, guys. Like she says, just because you wouldn't walk across a crowded room to flirt with me doesn't mean people don't find me attractive. And she like hangs up on him. And like she's right. She's right. Yeah. And then she like digs his card out of the trash. So Emily comes in with the files. And she's like, look at the locations. And Derek is like, does Hosh know about the locations? And she's like, oh, yeah, he does. <laughs> it's like so weird. We're going to get the profile now. Here's the profile. The way they say look at the locations, I know later it's because none of them were taken from Bridgewater. Right. If I'm handed a list of locations in an area in which I am not familiar, that means yeah. nothing to me. Even if none of them have the name of the town I'm in, I live in a fucking metropolitan area. I go three blocks and I'm in a different town, technically. Yeah, here too. No, like, I don't get it. It means nothing. It. Nothing. It's a very weird way of saying we have the profile. It doesn't make, unless she's showing him like a picture. Unless of a if she's showing him a map and where yeah. all the pl- the places are, then I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah, that means something yeah. to me. But They're we like don't just know. in Florida. Like, so here's the profile. All of them were killed around Bridgewater. They were all taken from around Bridgewater. Right. But not in Bridgewater. Nobody knew about him because he was avoiding Bridgewater. And that was the problem. So he finally came to Bridgewater, took someone out of Bridgewater proper. And stuffed fingers down their throats because he wanted people to know he was out there. And then a cop gets a phone call. There's a new woman missing. Teresa Campbell. Yikes. Yeah. And then we cut to the rest stop. And Emily has changed into like the lowest cut blouse. Like when the lights hit to the right way, it's like tits out. And it's like you wore that to like a park rest stop to look at where a 
girl was taken. You changed into that? Okay. And they talk about how the unsub was waiting and he must have been in an institution because his books were all lined up and like he would have kept this neat aspect in an otherwise chaotic life. Yeah, they talk about one neat aspect quite a few different times and I don't know enough to dispute it. I mean, I feel like there would be more things. Like he probably like makes his, he probably like makes his bed every day, you know? Yeah, they just, they specify the one neat aspect quite often. And I think they do it like all the time. And I don't know enough to, again, like like, say it's wrong. But it feels, yeah, it feels so weird. And like, the more important part is that he brought books to a rest stop. Thank you. I was just about to say, are we meant to think he's living there? Like, he left them there. He left books. Like, that, like, like that's that, got to like, be a clue. Like, what you take from that is that he's neat? No, what you take from that is he brought books to a rest stop and then left them there. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, it's odd. So then we have, like, a search event happening. And the cop called the priest because the priest knows people. And Derek is like, no, people like these unsubs want to insert themselves into an investigation. And I think he's implying that the priest is a suspect. I think he is too, which is weird. Cause I like, I get that Derek and this priest didn't get off on the right foot, but also like Derek just feels really antagonistic towards this dude. And for what? And like, for what? I know. For what? I, I think because the priest like came out of the gate, the priest Swinging. saw that, yeah, well, like the priest saw that Derek was uncomfortable and instead of being like, don't worry about it, I'm not going to like preach, preach at, at you. you. Yeah, his first thing was, so it's been a while since you've been to service, huh? I can tell. And Derek is like, actually, you know what? Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. No one's being nice to Derek this episode. And like, I get... I get why Derek's the girls not, are being mean to him, but... And Derek's not been nice to this priest, so I get why... I don't know, I get why this priest isn't nice to him, though. They just... They have such an antagonistic religion. Re- Jesus. They have such I mean, an antagonistic relationship. Right based on what? Like, yeah, exactly. Like, like for what? For why? Yeah, it's... I think it started with, you know, Derek being forced into the conversation, and then the priest pointing out that he was uncomfortable, you know? And it's like, gang, that's not common etiquette. If you can see somebody is really uncomfortable in a conversation, don't fucking point it out. I know. That'll be worse. I know. But the priest comes and he's like, I'll I'll set it up, etc. And JJ comes up with the compromise of like, why don't we set it up? We'll make a volunteer list and then we'll have everyone's names written down. You know, but he can still ask people to join our search. Great. And so everyone has to, like, pull out their IDs to put their name on the list. And every group has a whistle. And then while they're searching, a woman is taken. She, like, goes off for no reason. Yeah, they split up for no reason. And she has the whistle. And I'm like, why would you split up? I know. And then it cuts to nighttime. A man is speeding down the road. You can hear the banking on the inside of the trunk, but he just yeah. like turns his music up. He gets stopped for speeding. 
And then the cop is like walking towards him. Okay, this like kills me. Talk about lucky. The cop gets a description of what the woman is wearing and like what the guy would like might look like. And instead of like going to the car and like looking at this guy speeding in the middle of the night, he's just like, slow down and walks away. And it's like, oh my God. Yeah. It's just sort of like, oh, so the devil's real and he's helping this guy out, huh? Like. Yeah. Yeah. So Derek and Emily are talking and then Penelope calls Emily. And Emily says, you know, pay attention to involuntary lockups, et cetera, et cetera. And then Emily goes, hey, Penelope, why'd you call me? You usually call Derek, which I feel is odd to point out Emily but okay but also not like Penelope has called Emily before when Emily like has requested information she like calls her back with the information I don't know Penelope doesn't only call Derek I don't know it was like it felt very like the writers needed someone to ask what was going on kind of thing yeah anyway she's like why'd you call me and then Penelope is like I love this Penelope says, this guy gave me a number and asked me out. And Emily goes, ah, okay, got it. Hangs up. And he goes, hey, Derek, when a woman tells you about her love life, she wants you, she doesn't want you to fix her. She wants you to shut up and listen. And I was like, Emily heard one sentence. Emily heard a guy asked me out and she went, oh, so Derek's being a dick to you then? Okay. Like immediately. I always thought that that sort of like implied that like, Emily got the whole story from Garcia. We just don't see Garcia telling us her the whole story. That's what I yeah. sort of always thought that phone call implied. But I do think it's also very funny if Emily just hears one sentence and goes, hmm. Yeah, I feel like, hmm. I mean, if you know how Penelope and Derek are, and then you, you know, hear somebody ask us, yeah, you'd be like, oh, so Derek was jealous. I feel like Emily learned that the hard way. Like, she was on the receiving end. You know, she yeah. was in Derek's place. <laughs> and was yeah. like, I'm passing this from me to you. This is ancient wisdom I'm yes. passing on to you. Absolutely. Okay. Now, the priest is looking at the list of names, like volunteers. And Derek is, like, really trying to push him for a name. Being like, does anyone make you think of evil you know, is anyone only showing up because they're, like, imitating faith? They only come because other people are coming. And the priest is like, nowadays, people only come to church because other people come to church. Everyone is imitating faith. Which is like, okay. So true, King. Read the congregation for filth, I guess. Like- I guess. Yeah. And then Derek is like, Derek's being like an asshole he's like showing bloody pictures and like just being a huge dick and the but also, is just like i don't want to also say i don't think derek is being like unnecessary i don't think derek's being blunt but i don't think he's being like unnecessarily rude like this guy the 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 priest is very much not forthcoming and like i don't know he doesn't feel very helpful to me so i don't think it's the worst thing in the world that derek's like hey there's a serial killer on the loose and he's gonna do this again like Fair enough. you need to get your shit together man 
like at least give us someone to fucking talk to. Give us something. Because yeah. this priest has not given them anything. Nothing. He's been super unhelpful, actually. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, yeah, sure, you're rude to this guy. All right, whatever. But like, also, deserves it. you haven't been doing anything. Yeah, fair enough. So the cop, the the priest is basically like, what happened to you? And Derek has this honestly great moment when he turns around and he was like, when I was a child, something terrible was happening to me. And I prayed and I prayed and I went to church every day and God did nothing. And the priest says the classic, God doesn't give you anything you can't handle. And Derek has the banger line, God asks too much of 13-year-old boys. Yeah. And yeah, I get it. Yeah. (laughs) Every child who feels disillusioned with religion was like, yeah, fuck yeah, actually. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does, you know? Like, God's not very good at this whole thing. If he's really making a go of it, he's not very good at it. He's not good at figuring out who his strongest soldiers are. <laughs> like <laughs> The thing that always gets me about that line of thinking, right, is like when someone is like, why do bad things happen? Why does this? Why does that? You know, and people will say, well, God gave us free will, right? He can't stop us from doing things. If humans are hurting each other, that's, you know, that's free will. But then it's like, so why can he influence us positively? Like... Exactly. God, like, why did you yeah. guys make that other guy to influence us negatively if God is the one who influences us? Like, why'd you make the other dude? Right. <laughs> well, who's that other guy? <laughs> Absolutely. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. So that just is what always bothers me. It's like, why does God let like children be like abused and killed? And it's like, well, he gave us free will. And then when people like get a free taco at Taco Bell, they're like, God's blessing me. God's so good because he gave me that free taco at Taco Bell. Yeah, it's literally like, okay, so either he can influence us or he can't. I'm so sorry. You guys have to make up your mind. Yeah, you guys, all of organized religion, you have to make up your minds (laughs) at some point here. Absolutely. Okay. And then Derek is outside. He's like standing in the dark, leaning against the outside of the. He's like, brooding. He's bro- I mean, he's brooding. He's in his feelings, which relatable. It's been a hard day for him. Rossi comes out and Derek is basically like, I can't do this right now. <laughs> and Rossi like talks about earlier and he's like, if somebody in my day asked for that, like I gave you a chance of personal growth. Like you could have like been, you could have grown. It was a growing opportunity. And Derek is like, you know why I asked that? I was giving you a chance at personal growth. So true. Derek with the clapbacks this episode. Truly. And this is what I was saying earlier about like, I think that Rossi is catching up with current times. Like if they had just dropped him in and he was like, great, it would have felt like disingenuous. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of like that he has to learn. And throughout the seasons, we'll see people reference like, his past before he rejoined the BAU mm-hmm. and he like continues to have to come to terms with who he was and I like that I do too I like this yeah. moment I like the fact that Derek gets to be like 
you're a fucking dumbass old man. I love that right. Derek gets to like roast him just a little bit. I love that Rossi is also not like Rossi is not Gideon and that he realizes that he might have kind of fucked up a little bit with that whole thing with throwing Derek to the priest. Yeah. Like, I think it, it's good that Rossi, in his own roundabout way, acknowledges that he kind of fucked up there. Like, hey, my bad. <laughs> like, Rossi sorry, isn't dude. autistic. <laughs> Gideon was. Rossi isn't. Autism doesn't mean you can't say sorry, bestie. I hate to break it to you. <laughs> no, I mean, yes, of course. But Gideon straight up was like, didn't know things. He had said something wrong. Rossi is like, oh, okay. Yeah, Rossi has more social awareness. <laughs> exactly. No, and I do like Rossi more for that. Like, I like that he can recognize that, yes, he has experience and he has, like, wisdom, but that doesn't make him, like, better than his team, you know? I like that. And Derek goes to apologize to the priest. And then this is where, like, God exists. He goes to the church and he's like, miss, hello, have you seen the father? Hello. And then like a wind blows through the church and the candles flicker. And Derek is like, did you see that? Did you see that? And then the woman falls over. And okay, her dead body makes the crunchiest noise when it hits the It field. makes this like wet thud. And I'm like, oh yeah, okay. Sound design did good for that one, actually. I think yeah, it's no, funny. I love it. It was very, um, it was very B horror movie, B horror film. Exactly, it was very schlocky. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I, I like love it, but also I was like, why? But then, like, there's a sound effect, just like a noise, and Derek like looks up to the rafters, like he heard the non diegetic like stinger. <laughs> yeah, and, and he's so- like. Um, hello? <laughs> so this that is exists. Where, yeah, this is the part of the episode where they make God real. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> like, what the fuck? I'm, like, obsessed with the fact that Criminal Minds Band actually God exists. It's so funny. It's also, like, I don't know. It's just so... Why do you think Criminal Minds made this choice to make God real? <laughs> God and also the devil real. Why do you think they made that choice? Why do you think they I... sat down in the writer's room and went, guys, what if God was real and also the devil was also real? What if God was one of us? I think that Criminal Minds is semi-secretly a paranormal show. I think they're in their paranormal era. You think they're in their paranormal era, but then... But this is not the last time we will have spooky nonsense. It's not the first time that we have the had first spooky... Time. I mean, the, the mentally ill cannibal guy, when he was, like, sitting in front of the angel statue, like, eating organs, and the angel was, like, the being religious a fucking cannibalism. ghost. Yeah. It was, like, moving and all spooky and shit. And then, like, there have been several times, I think, that there's, like, a religious message. And then at the end of the episode, they find, like, a note. 
or they get a sign and the person has to be like, maybe God is real. And that will happen for the rest of the show. Yeah, I just... There's a lot of like, but who made that phone call? Well, if you didn't mail it and I didn't mail it, who sent it? Yeah, there's a lot of that shit in this show. And I think they're just secretly like, there is secretly another team member who is invisible. (laughs) There is secretly another team member and it is God. (laughs) And it is kind of God. (laughs) I just, I don't. I just... I mean, I know, Bestie. I just, what are you going to do about it? It's just so strange that they're like, what if God and the devil are real? And like, that's just such a strange choice to make on your Criminal Minds television show all about psychology. I mean, I guess so, but I'm thinking about like the actors, right? You have Kirsten, who's like so here for camp. You have Patrick Brewster, who fucking loves spooky shit. You've got AJ Cook, who, like, outside of this, has almost exclusively done, like, shitty horror films. Like, she was the star of Final Destination 2. You have Matthew Gray Goobler, who's just, like, a fucking weirdo. You know? Like, this is a group of people. And we know that the all the effects people and the sound and the lighting, they're all from horror films. This is secretly like a paranormal show for real. I I told you I'm going to make this a thing and I'm going to continue to point out every time there's a ghost. It's just so I just I don't know. I guess <sighs> Fuck, yeah, sure. Why not? Sure, fuck it. <laughs> God is real in the criminal minds universe. Fuck it. Duh. It's just such a weird choice when they don't use any other paranormal things except for the existence of God and also the devil, you know? Yeah, I mean, so, like I said, sometimes ghosts. But, but like, God the ghosts are always very religious. I yeah, feel like the ghosts like are always, ghosts. like, implied to be God and or the devil. Sure. So the fact that they do, like, God and or the devil, but not, like, maybe werewolves are real. Like, that, like, (laughs) takes me out of it, you know? I think Criminal Minds would have been better if they had one episode where, like, the answer is probably just werewolves. Don't they have, like, an actual vampire episode? Well, they have the one in L.A. with the vampirism lady where she's, like, she's fucked up in other ways. Right. But she does do actual vampirism. Yeah. Remember, that's the, the, the Reed episode? Or wait, is yeah. that a, no? It's a different LA episode. Sorry, it's the rock star guy. The rock star guy. You know, like I just I don't know. I feel like I would I would buy your argument of it being a paranormal show more if they had things other than God and or the devil. But they only have sure. God and or the devil, which makes me think that somebody in the writers' room is just like a hardcore Christian. So that makes it exceptionally less fun to me. No, I think there's someone in the writers' room who is hardcore into Catholic aesthetics, but hates organized religion. That's what I would argue. That's what you're arguing? Because because they never say, like, church good, this, that, whatever. But they do say- Well, they do, though. Derek goes to pray at the beginning of next episode. That's fair. 
Derek has revelations in church all the damn time. I guess. So, but like, more, more often you than can't. Not, it's just like weird. But like, you can't sell me on it being paranormal rather than hardcore Christian because it is trying so hard to be always God and or the devil. You know what I mean? I guess so. It's spooky Catholic. How's that? Again, I would like it if it was. If it was paranormal, I would love it if the answer to one of these episodes was just like vampires are real. Yeah, like if they just went to Mystic Falls for a case and just treated (laughs) it completely normally. Like, I would love that. But I don't think that's the case in this show. Yeah. I'm sorry to harsh your vibe. I just... Why are you harshing my vibe? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't mean to. I don't want to. I love your vibes. I just think that in order for it to be paranormal, there needs to be something outside of God and or the devil. I guess so. You know? I think what I think truly is that Criminal Minds wanted to be the X-Files so bad. (laughs) And And this is just one of those X-Files episodes that they just... <laughs> they like filed off the serial numbers and re- rewrote it. Like, <laughs> exactly. They like. I think this the is right, one like, writer's X Files fanfic. We just yes. I think it. I think Quibble Minds wanted to be X Files so bad, but they had to be a crime procedural. And so what we get is the writer's demonology every <laughs> chance. Yeah, they get. We get demonology where the devil is super real. Exactly. Okay. Yet, Floyd Phelan Farrell. <laughs> Who, by the way, I didn't fucking realize, but his name's FFF, which is just 666. Oh my god. I'm sorry, I didn't realize it until I looked no, at the I've, trivia part of IMDb. I've been writing FFF, but the 666 did not occur to me. Yeah. That's hilarious. Sorry. No, I mean, hey. Okay. Then we cut to the unsub massaging the legs of the woman he took during the search. Yeah. Hate that. Hate it. Hate it, hate so, it so much. much. Yeah. And then we learned that the dead woman they found was also a sex worker who was who was reported missing nine months ago. She's only been dead for three days with no signs of sexual assault. And Hosh just goes, he's eating them. <laughs> I love how everybody looks at Hosh and is like, so how'd she jump there, bud? He just... He's eating them. Period. Like... JJ literally says, what? so how did we get from here to cannibalism? <laughs> so how did we... Quick question. What the fuck? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah, so we find out that the woman was frozen after her death. That's why, like, it's it seems like she's only been dead for three days. Because she was died and then frozen. Wouldn't there be signs that she had been defrosted? Like, don't our blood cell, like our cells burst? Wouldn't the water in her body be funny? Isn't that what Hodge has the medical examiner check for? And he's like, hey, look at those cells at the bottom of her body and tell me if it was like cut or burst or what. Isn't that what he has the medical examiner check for? Yeah, but I just feel like it would be more obvious. I mean... I like, if you look at her... But but she went know. into water, too. 
Wasn't she found? Or no, not this one in the church. She's the other the ones church? I can the, the other ones I can see though because she went from freezer to swamp water. Yeah, I mean maybe it has to do with the fact that she was frozen after she died. Because I guess that's the whole thing about like cryptogenetics, right? Or cryogenics when they want to like freeze and be unfrozen when there's like a cure for their illness. So I who knows? Okay. Hodge points out that there's no sex and no tortures and the fingers weren't just, the message wasn't just, this isn't my first. It was also, I eat people. I'm eating them. And <laughs> Rossi goes, cannibalism, the greatest taboo. We love to see it. It's a cross-wiring of the basic drives. Eating and sex, I guess. I didn't I write guess. down what they were. I uh, so. <laughs> also don't remember. You know, love, you, love you, you obviously some wires are crossed. Clearly. So, Clearly. yeah. Penelope Garcia calls and is like, hey, there's nothing like specific I can find, but there was this place called Hazelwood, criminally insane institution, etc. That was kind of like the go-to place to send people. But a fire destroyed all the records, but like maybe someone there knows. So they go and there's this old as shit man. <laughs> this guy is old as hell. Uh, truly. And he pronounces Jero as Jero. I, I spoke with Agent Jero, but it's like, okay. Whatever. So the old man says, the only reason he would have been released is if he had been under 18 at the time. So his records were destroyed and the only doctor that would know about it was killed in that fire. And it was shown afterwards that he had gone back in and gotten trapped. And they were like, what's so important? And they said that he threw a notebook out the window of the building and it was found like in a tree outside his office window. So that must have been what was so important. And they read through it and they find out that he was seven years old when he was incarcerated because he bit a chunk out of his nine month old sister. So I want to say shout out to this fucking doctor who went back into the fire. Your yes. sacrifice has not gone unnoticed today. Absolutely you not. are like Dr. Lorenz. My guy, seriously, really? shout out yeah. to you. And it, we saw it at the very beginning of yeah. this episode when he was like, if he leaves, he will do this, by the way. Yeah. He will leave. He will get off of his medications. They always do. Yeah. Like, no, so shout no. out to this doctor for like seeing what was going to happen and then literally risking his life to help somebody else maybe down the line solve a crime later. Like, thank you, doctor. Yes. Absolutely. MVP. MVP. Absolutely. And when they tell the name later, they say Floyd Phelan Farrell. The cop is like, wait, Floyd Farrell? Or no, Floyd Phelan? I know him. And Emily's like, he dropped his last name. Fucking idiot. <laughs> like, But he didn't think he'd be caught. Also, can I just say when they go into the house, JJ looks so good. And like the lighting in the ice body room, she looks so good though. I know there's a bunch of dead bodies around her and it is objectively horrifying, but she looks really good. Actually, she looks great. Okay. 
they go through like like they get into the house and the kitchen has like a meat grinder just like right there and so automatically you're like ah hate it thanks there's classical music playing they find a room like a freezer room just full of bodies and jj is telling the cop like look for tracy i know it's hard but we gotta see if tracy's there she's not and then they find like this tiny brick room that Floyd Phelan Farrell is in, just in his tidy whiteies. Like he's just like sitting there. He's just sitting there, but it's like very reminiscent of the beginning when we saw him just like hunched over his desk in his institution room, you know. And now he's doing the same thing, but it's like a bloody Satan altar, etc. Yeah. Also, like he has a book on Goya, who is like a you know a spooky artist, but I don't think Goya was like particularly Satanistic. No, he was not. Um, he was just very depressed at the end of his life and did a lot of scary paintings on the walls yeah. of his house, from what I remember. Goya wasn't like a Satanist, right? Useless. I have a wife with a whole ass art degree. She doesn't even know if Goya was a Satanist or not. Hold up. Let me find out, shall I? Sure. Yes, he did. Yeah, he did spooky shit, but he didn't do. He wasn't. Uh, he wasn't a he Satanist. Just, you know, it's just mental illness. His other paintings before he like became very depressed and lost his hearing and everything mm-hmm. um, were all very like bright and colorful and not very, not very Christ-like or not very satanist you know what i mean he did do some stuff with witches i will admit he has a famous painting called the witch's sabbath but like also kind of just a hardcore name so go off francisco goya go off francisco goya go off king okay i know you did your big scary paintings but like your other ones are like nice (laughs) aside from the big scary ones they're great Fun fact, actually, um, the art museum in KC has a series of Francisco Goya worked for a long time as like a court reporter for the Spanish court. And he published a lot of like political cartoons. And so there's a whole series in my local art museum of all of the political cartoons that he Mm -hmm. published. But also then there's a whole bunch of um, this other artist, um, another artist named De Goya. Um, did like an updated version of him of them in the early 2000s mm-hmm. so you get to see the actual um cartoons and then also sort of like the updated parody versions of them very interesting interesting everybody go look into goya's work it's very very good i love the i love his brush strokes oh, they just feel so real was he the one who did the black paintings that was goya yes yeah yeah goya did all of the black paintings on his on like the walls of his house effectively oh yes i looked that up he like lost his hearing or like became Mm -hmm. very depressed and did a bunch of paintings on the walls of his house including saturn eating his son yeah so all of the paintings we have from that era come directly from the walls of his house because he's all there and there's an unfinished one which it's so like saturn eating his son is already or Saturn devouring his son, is already a very unsettling painting. Imagine walking into your homie's house and that's just painted on the dining room, like, wall? Like, are you kidding me? actually, I'm kind of depressed today. I'm going to work on this one. 
Yeah, yeah. like all of those paintings are from the walls of his house. No, it's very interesting. I actually saw a TikTok about Goya like painting his house and stuff. And oh, it's so good. Yeah. Very interesting artist. Mm-hmm. At the turn of the century. Yeah. So it's very cool. Yeah. So he initially painted his house with inspiring images and then painted over them with these like haunting paintings. And this one was in his dining room. Yeah. Yeah. Walking to your dining room. Cannibalism. Just like, you good, bud? The answer is no. Francisco Goya was not good, actually. Anyway, yeah, he wasn't Saint. He wasn't like a Satanist or anything. No. He was just like a dude who w- got depressed near the end of his life. <laughs> yeah. So, but he has been definitely like co-opted by, especially Saturn devouring his son has gotten unfortunately yeah. co-opted. Yeah, and his house became known as the house of the death man. So yeah, creepy tiny room. We hate it. So now we're at the station again. Floyd. Phelan Farrell. Do I have to say his whole name every time? No, you can just say Farrell. Okay. Farrell is in the interrogation pool. And Derek is talking to him. And they have a book. Farrell's book. And it's like a recipe book for women meat. And it's a smiley face if they're good and a sad face if they're bad. So like Kobe woman... (laughs) You know, Kobe. They're steak. not even like clever names. It's like no. skewered she. Like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Come on. Hilarious. Come on, man. And then Farrell is like, the devil has a message for you. Your watch is stopped. Or he doesn't say the devil. He always says, like, my smart friend has wants oh, me bye. to tell you that your watch is stopped. And Derek is like, Oh yeah, I meant to change the battery months ago. I love that we now know that Derek's the kind of person who will not change the watch on his battery, but still wear it. The battery on his watch. Yeah. He literally is like, I don't take this off for anything. It's waterproof. So sorry. So sorry. It's I'm yeah, exactly. I'm not. Not taking this shit off. And also I'm not going to change the battery though. Cause I don't use it. <laughs> right. It's literally here for looks just like my razor. just like the second razor the second razor just for looks it's for swag is the thing (laughs) that razor it's for swag jesus that's my special razor for swag he says he doesn't take skinny girls because the skinny ones all do drugs and the drugs make them taste bad and then he says i'm only going to talk to father marks the priest and Derek is like okay so he goes, he calls the priest, the priest and Derek like shake hands and like clearly they have like made amends at some point. We didn't see it. Okay. Yeah, I guess it's just sort of like a, hey, sorry I was pushing you on that. Hey, sorry I was a dick to you. Handshake. Done. Like, okay. Yes, absolutely. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Okay. Thanks, boys. Boys. Okay. Derek, though, is basically like, let me do all the talking. You're just there because he will only talk with you there. And so Rossi is looking through the paperwork and he's like, his, he's, Freeland's name is on the list of volunteers, but it's not on the list of searchers. So something is wrong. I don't know what it is, but something is wrong. 
And, you know, Phelan's being super weird the whole time, whatever. And right when Rossi figures it out, he's like, we have to stop this right now. And the priest said, God is in all of us. And Farrell is like, there it is, baby. And he looks up and he's like, so is Tracy Lambert. And that's when they figured out he was serving the chili. He was serving the food. Yeah. And the priest literally is like, son of a bitch. And like launches across the table at him. (laughs) Appropriate reaction, actually. Appropriate. Measured and appropriate reaction. I'm actually 100% with this priest now. Yeah. But also, nobody mentions that also all of the team definitely ate that chili. Yeah, so this is one part of the episode that I fucking hate, is that nobody talks about that they all also did a cannibalism, and that that's fucked up. Nobody talks about that part. Like, I know it's fucked up that this dude did so much cannibalism, but he also made everybody else do a cannibalism, and you didn't even know it. Like, yeah, we see later that Floyd Phelan runs, like, a diner or barbecue shit. He has a barbecue restaurant. I wrote that down. I was like, he literally has a barbecue restaurant. He has made everybody in this town eat people. And, like... Nobody talks about that. You know the therapists that live in that town are like, we are outsourcing some help gang. We need to run some group sessions. So here's the thing. If you eat humans, Mm -hmm. you know, regularly, semi-regularly, you start going crazy. Like, there is stuff in human meat that fucks our brains up. You should not consume. Yeah. Like, not just because it's, you know... There's, like, moral weird. reasons and everything you sure. should consume it, but there's also a very real chemical reason why you should yes. not. And I would have loved if the BAU turned up to this town and everyone in the town is just a little bit off. If they had leaned into the... All I would of have these liked that, too. have been cannibals and they don't know it. I would have liked that too. Yeah. I would have liked if they had leaned into that more than the priest and Derek having beef. Yeah. Having beef. (laughs) You saw what I did there. (laughs) But like, I would have liked if they would have not maybe necessarily shown us if they had shown us or talked to more members of the town than just the priest. I would have liked if we had done a little bit more of that. I would have liked if they had came to the town and the BAU was like, hey, guys, I know it's, like, bad because it's Florida, but, like, there's something else going on here, right? And if they did think it was, like, or if they were getting vibes that it was a cult or something. Like, Like, I would have really enjoyed that more than, like, hey, God and the devil are real, by the way. (laughs) Like, I would have liked that more. I think this would have been a good episode to do their whole everyone is a suspect. Like, they have gone to small towns before, and it's like, they could literally be anybody that we have talked to. I think that would have been a really good way to do this episode. Just make it so that, like, everybody has these vibes, and then it turns out it's because one person is... Poisoning the well, basically. 
poisoning the meat well. Yeah. And meat well. <laughs> That's and just then, silence of the lambs, right? <laughs> absolutely. And I think that it would have been really interesting because Hodge says this whole like, hey, even if you're not religious, like looking into Satanism could like throw you off. And then they get to the town and the vibes are atrocious yeah the vibes are so bad so bad and they're like hey guys i'm not religious but i think satan is in this town and then nope it just turns out they're all crazy from having to eat human meat and they don't even know it yeah and i really would have liked that more yeah and then the devil question could have been like but is floyd the The still the, the devil like he was making them do it you know so like you think the devil's taking over the whole town, and at the end of the day, it's like, maybe it's just this one guy, you know? Yeah, I mean, the devil made me do it is something they try and use a lot. I think it would have been really interesting if they had, if other people in the town had started acting out and then been like, yeah, the devil made me do it or whatever, and then you find Mm -hmm. out that the devil is just this one guy who's serving everybody human meat. Yeah, that would have been really, like, now I want to write a Halloween fanfic that's just this episode, but, like, but better scary but better but devil <laughs> yeah okay so Derek and Rossi are talking on the plane and Derek is like thrown you know he's saying it's crazy that he would feed people this meat and and Rossi says you know he was basically tricking other people into participating like he couldn't handle the guilt of being the only one eating people so he made everybody also guilty they don't mention that they also made the BAU guilty but whatever yeah and then Derek starts kind of listing, listing all the way this guy had luck. Like, he got released early. He got away with it so much. He was in the car with a woman and got let go. He, you know, thing after thing after thing. Like, you know, maybe was the devil really on his side? And then Rossi's like, listen, our job is, like, stopping evil people. Not to, like, figure out if the devil is real. So, like, don't worry about it, actually. I love that they're like, that's not our show. That's a no. different show on the CW. That's it. <laughs> that's, that's the X-Files. That's that's Supernatural. That's not us. I was going to say, we're not Supernatural. We're not doing Yeah. That. I hear there's a guy named Sam and Dean who, like, they really dig that kind of stuff. And they found One out that guy. the devil is real and they killed him. And then they had to kill God. And then they also brought God back to life or whatever. I lost the plot on Supernatural more than the writers did. Um, <laughs> yeah, so they go back home. Okay, I have a small gripe with television that does this. Television in general, just a small gripe <laughs> as we're into hour two of this podcast. Just a small one, just this is one. My, this is a small gripe that I have. Churches do close, they do close. Like, there will be a time when you go to a church and it is not accessible. Derek, middle of the night, is just like, no, yeah, it's chill. This one's open. Yeah. It's also like, if the church is open, there's somebody there to make sure you don't steal church stuff. Like, even if they're not like a priest or a nun, there's still somebody there to make sure you don't steal church stuff. Yeah. You can't just like walk into an empty church in the middle of the night. Like, it's so sorry. It is, it is a post 9 11 world. We don't do that. Yeah, and also, yeah. like, it doesn't make sense as a place of business, gang. You need to close no. sometimes. Absolutely. No, it's not real, trust me. Especially in D.C. So, 
especially in DC. Yeah. Especially in DC. Absolutely. Yeah. So then we get the final scene of the episode, our cliffhanger scene. Penelope and Colby are walking home and they go to like kiss goodnight and then he hugs her. It's like such a cold move. And she's like, okay, bye. And then as she turns around, he's like, oh, wait, turn around. And she turns around. He says, I've been waiting to do this all night. And then he shoots her in the chest. Boom, boom, bingo, bongo. Just one shot to the chest. Done. Don't worry about it. (laughs) We're not stressed at all. We're not stressed. stressed. I'm not sad. I'm not stressed. I'm just super chill. I've never been stressed in my life. (laughs) I... I read about, like, the shot to the heart she endured, but okay. Yeah. She's fine, guys. She's in evolution. I love... It's not even a spoiler that she didn't die. She's, like, literally in an episode 18 years in the future, so... Yeah. So, like, she's fine. It's just, it still does stress me out. I remember the first time I, I watched this, I was like, oh, fuck, is she going like, to actually die? I know. I So I always go into a show knowing, like, some big plot points, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Like, when I watched Grey's Anatomy, I knew, like, five things that happened, but not the order they happened in or, like, their consequences, you know? So you spend the entire time being, like, when, how, how bad is it, et cetera. Yeah. I didn't know this, gang. I didn't know this This one's pretty shocking. Yeah, and so when it happened, I was literally like, wait, isn't she in the rest of the show, though? (laughs) And then you have to be forced to reckon with the fact that maybe Penelope Garcia is just a ghost, actually. See, you know what? I think she does die in this episode. And the Penelope that comes back, comes back a little bit wrong. Every time a character oh. dies, it comes back. They come back a little bit wrong. That's what happened to Reed. That's why he's different. After That's what happened to Emily. That's why she's gay. That's why she's straight later. That's why she's straight. Well, she hasn't <laughs> died and come back. Well, no, she hasn't <laughs> died and come back yet. <laughs> At all. Um, she never does. <laughs> what, <we're> talking, <laughs> what? Huh? We never do spoilers on this podcast, actually. We never do. I don't know what you mean. That's so weird that you thought we would do spoilers, actually. Does every character in this show have, like, a dying comeback moment? I think maybe. <laughs> actually. Or at least on Death's Door. Yeah. yeah. Least, actually, like, the answer is yes. Actually. actually, the answer is, like, yeah, they all kind the of answer almost is, die. They all do. At one point or another. Some of them real die, some of them almost die. Some of them hallucinate dying. Etc. Wild. Some of them do all of them. All of the above. Some of them are overachievers. I like this cliffhanger, especially. Can you imagine having to wait a whole week for the next episode of Criminal Minds, knowing that Penelope Garcia is in the balance? I think what sets this cliffhanger up really well is like the back and forth of whether or not we like him, you know? Like when we meet him, he's like this cute guy with computer trouble who like likes her even though, quote unquote, even though she's chubby. And then Derek is like, I mean, if you had bad instincts, then you had bad instincts. And you're like, yeah, okay, that was kind of weird. But then when Derek is smug, you're like, actually, no, give this guy a chance. And then you see the date and he doesn't kiss her. And you're like, oh, that's sad. Maybe he was just like a hot guy being polite. And then he shoots her. Which it's was really not like an option on the table, right? It's really like. The drama was whether or not this was like a polite thank you dinner or whether it was like a date dinner. The 
the setup for him just shooting her in the heart, not there. And that's what makes it such a good fucking cliffhanger. I literally remember being like, what? What? She's not even like in the line of fire ever. She's literally just hanging out. Yeah. Like, it's so wild to me. I know. And it's a cliffhanger, and we're not going to spoil it. But the next episode is named Penelope, so, you know, hold on to your pants. And God, these episodes that are, like, just named after people. Always so rough. Always, always banger episodes, always rough. Always rough. Yeah. Derek, Spencer, JJ, Penelope. Lauren. (laughs) That's a cliffhanger if you don't know. That one's also very good. So, James, any last thoughts about Lucky? I enjoy this spooky wookie episode. I enjoy this episode, but I feel like, man, I wish it would have been better. I wish it would have. They would. I wish they didn't make God and the Devil also real. I wish if they had, it had been the episode had been more about that, right? Because in the end, the episode isn't is God and the Devil real. The episode is. Should Derek go to church sometimes? Right? Yeah. Exa- no, exactly. That's it. That's what makes this feel so fucking weird. Right. Like the answer, answer is not, is yes, hey exactly. guys, uh, cannibalism bad? And that's not like at all this episode. Right. It's not this episode. It's also not a hot take. It's not a hot take, but also like they don't, I feel like they touch so little on the fact that this dude is doing a cannibalism. I think the problem is they don't commit to any one, like, message. It's not 100% God and the devil is real. It's not 100% church not always bad. It's not 100% about cannibalism. It's not 100% about the dating. There's just, like, it's a little bit about everything and so nothing about nothing. Yeah. I think I think our version of the episode would slap way harder. I think so too. Our version of a weird little Florida town that everybody's very unsettled by, but can't specifically like put a finger on it. Yeah. I have been too close. They exist. Criminal Minds has to commit. Exactly. Criminal Minds, can you commit to something in your goddamn life? Literally anything. Can you commit to one singular thing? I'm begging you, one singular thing. So, James, scale of one to ten, what do you rank in this episode? I think that, hmm, I would give it, I'll give it, I'm going to give it an eight. I just really like it. Give it an eight, solid eight. That's fair. I think I might go lower because as we've talked about this episode, I like it less. Unfortunately, sometimes there are episodes where we talk about them and I like it more. This one is one that I think we're talking about and I like it less. Oh, do I want to go down that low? We're going to go with seven, seven, seven. I don't like this episode. I don't dislike this episode. I wish this episode was better. I wish it for all of us deep in my soul. Mm Mm-hmm. They do say the name of the episode within the episode, like, right off the bat. Do they say Wheels Up? No. No Wheels Up still. Girl, this is so fucked up. We're 
We know they're not eight episodes in. What? Oh yeah, they don't. So we're going to be nearly ten episodes into season three before they start consistently saying "wheels up." This is so fucked up, actually. Yeah, and I'm not entirely sure when they even say it for the first time this season if they do. They've gotta. And they've got to. They've They've given us at least like once a season. They gave us three last season. Yeah, so why'd they stop now? It's so fucked up. Speaking of next episode, next week, we will be watching Season 3, Episode 9, Penelope. You can find us anywhere you get your social medias at Wheels Up Pod. You can email us or leave us a voicemail on Anchor. Um, correct us if we're wrong. Get in the Spotify comments if uh, if you want to just like chat with us. I think that's it. Mm-hmm. I think that's it, yeah. James, do you have anything quote for me? Oh. Uh, maybe. Let's see what do I Do you got. forget that we do an ending quote? The thing that we do literally every episode? <laughs> Did you forget that we do that? <laughs> I think I may have just said all of mine. Hey gang, uh, before James says their ending quote, just wanted to pop in here and let you guys know that we are going to be taking a little mid-season hiatus here until April. Uh, we're really tired and very busy and... God covering evolution was more exhausting than I could have ever imagined. So we will be back uh, in your podcast feeds early April. Uh, until then, you can uh, fucking rewatch old episodes. Ooh, now you guys get to experience the like trauma of waiting for the next episode of Criminal Minds when Penelope's life hangs in the balance. That's kind of fun. I think that's kind of fun. Anyway, now James is going to say their ending quote. As Jennifer Jero says, I get it. I saw The Exorcist. That's like the time I'm with the whole episode. You watch it and you're like, yeah, I get it. Same I get it.